You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Today's episode, we've got another special guest. His name is Bill Mazer, and he is the founder of the Men of Character Conference. Welcome to the show, Bill. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Zuby. Good to be here, man. Doing well. All good, man. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell people a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So last year, um, I put together, like you said, a conference called the Men of Character Conference. It was an online conference. Uh, got about 40 speakers, a couple thousand attendees, um, was really well received and was really like the, the end result of my own personal development. So I'm just some guy from the U.S., uh, was your, you know, very good student type, uh, I guess, tech person, nerdy type guy. And have just been looking for how to become a better man, how to become a better person. Um, and I've hit some stride with that in the last two years. And so the conference was sort of an outgrowth of that. And now I've got some other things that I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that I'm working on um, as well. And, you know, active on Twitter, just as you are and growing uh, that audience as well. Don't do it, man. Twitter's dangerous. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you die from the dopamine hits. Yeah. Oh, good no, it is dangerous. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and the death threats and all that, but maybe you don't. Maybe maybe you're I not. Try, yeah, I, I don't know if you're receiving those yet, but you know. I steer clear of the, you know, <laughs> when it says like high voltage. I, I try to just say, hey, here's what here's what I want to create. Yeah, and and I try I, I try to steer clear of the you know those huge red flags. Yeah, but you you you, you I like how you approach them because you it's like pure rational, pure, purely rational. It's the best Killing way to annoy the logic. It's the yeah. best best way to annoy people, man. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome, man. So why don't we uh, rewind a little bit and go back to tell us a little bit more about your about your life. Yeah, so I, I grew up as a as a on the, with a single mother, pretty much. Uh, my father was around, but he was sick. He was alcoholic and, and had mental issues, bipolar. So I had a very good childhood from the standpoint of my mother, like was a great mom. But I never had that that like father figure, father role, um, other than seeing him as like a nice person. Like he cared about me. He was he just had issues, right? He just never dealt with with those issues. So I had other father figures like grandparent, grandparent, grandfather and and uncles. Um, and I just sort of went through life like school came easy to me and got in a ton of school debt and got out, got a job and just had reached like 30, 29, 30 and was like, wait a minute. All these easy choices have led to a life that I'm not really sure I, I want. Like this is not fulfilling. It's like, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people have this feeling like deep inside you're like, there's something more meaningful that you're, that you're meant for. Like if you've ever reached a point where you're like, like you've lost the, what your way a little bit. 
So some people joked with me that was like a midlife crisis. Um, but that was, it was like a turning point. I took a huge risk, left big company I was at, um, failed miserably, sort of had to humble myself, you know, all this entitlement of like, you know, you're, you're raised by a single mom. You start to think that you, that you're owed the world. <laughs> if you have a, the, the type of mom that I did, yeah. um, which has some, there's some benefit to, cause you, you, you get this unearned confidence, but then when the world hits you, hits you in the mouth with like, well, no one really cares about your problems. You're not that special. Um, and I had to just humble myself, realize that I didn't have good work ethic. I really didn't have any like sellable or valuable skills. So I just spent the last, this was like six years ago. So I've spent the last five, six years just working on myself and, um, and doing more than, than, you know, reading as well, but, but actually putting it into my life and, in, in a bunch of different ways. And, and the benefits have been incredible and, and led to the conference and, and Twitter and, you know, getting to know uh, people like yourself. And so it's been pretty fantastic. That's cool, man. So when you um, initially left that job you were doing when you were sort of in your late twenties, early thirties, what was it that you, you said you failed miserably, but what did you fail miserably at? What was it that you were trying to do? Yeah. So I was, I was literally like a deer in headlights. Like I, so I quit the job and I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And, and I took like a month long road trip around the, around the U S which actually was a great decision. Got to see a lot of beautiful parts of the U S and, and, and sort of take some time to think. So, but then I went and tried to do like a, an internet, a tech company. And I just like, you know how you some people have jobs and the job actually keeps them on a schedule, keeps them accountable. I, when 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 you were some when you're someone like me who grew up with like you go to school, you're told what to do, and then you do what they say and you get a good grade. Mm-hmm. And then you come out into the real world, unless you have like a company telling you that, if you're not like self uh, motivated, self driven, self starter. Or if it's beaten out of you, then you just don't know what to do. So I just had bad habits. So I would, you know, even though I was needed to do stuff and work on my thing, I was like not working on it, BSing, um, or just like managing to distract myself. Mm. So so I ended up going and looking for. I realized that, and I was like, you know what? Let me go and work at a startup. Maybe if I have, if I if I just sort of get on the the tails of a of a growing ship, I can do that. So that was. Uh, I did like a sales job, sort of a jack of all trades type role at a startup. And that sales job, like it just toughened my skin, <laughs> like mm-hmm. being rejected. I, I, I was trying to sell to um, to small businesses in New York City. And I would just, you know, here I am with a master's degree um, walking into a liquor store and they would literally just look at me like I was some homeless guy off the street. Like they're oh, like, no. what are you? So it was like very humbling. And then mm-hmm. I realized like, what it actually took to make a sale to like why people, what are the motivations that people do? Like, what is business? Like how, how does that actually work rather than like the school concept of it, which is outdated and has nothing to do with, with reality. So that was like the beginning, the beginning stages of that. Awesome, man. And so after that, um, at what stage were you in that when you were like, you know what, this is not, this is not working. Let me go and do, let me go and do something else. Yeah. So I, so I did two sales jobs and then I just needed, like at that point I was already a father and, and married. I just needed more money. So I started applying for better jobs. I'm like, all right, I can get, I, I originally had done like product management, which maybe tech people will know what it is, but um, that's what I do now. But so at that point I was doing tech sales type job, type, type jobs. So I went and I interviewed, the, the real turning point was this one interview. I went and I interviewed at a, like a, an enterprise tech, think of like an Oracle database competitor um, over in New Jersey and in, in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Um, at that point I had sold, like I had no, like I, I was basically running through all types of, I sold my car. So I, I literally was taxi drive, you know, taxi ride to, to, the, to the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I show up and the guy just kicks me out. He's like, not you're not prepared like here's a pamphlet read this and come back and sell me this product in a week he's like i looked at your resume it looks like you're smart like but you you obviously didn't prepare for this mm. and then and as i'm walking out he's like and uh and wear diapers and i'm just like like he literally this is an older <laughs> gentleman right like the, like yeah. one of these old school like sales guys yeah and he just 
and I just left and I thought in the taxi ride home, I'm like, I can take this two ways. I can get like really offended by the, you know, because I like everyone would be able to tell themselves like, oh, who's this guy think he is yeah, yeah. to say that to me and da da da. And I guess one of the things I realized was like, you know what, this guy is challenging me. He's like, he doesn't know me and he's looking at my resume he's saying like, and he really, he's right. I didn't prepare for it. Mm. I wasn't, I didn't really want the job. I wanted the money. I didn't want the yeah. job. <laughs> uh, and he realized that. So I'm like, okay, you know what? This guy's challenging me. So I took that week and I just studied the whole thing and I came back and I like nailed it first him and that this sales guy and another guy I'm in there and they like stop me five minutes in. They're like, all right, all right, stop, stop, stop. This is like, you nailed it. Everything's great. Let's bring in the CEO. CEO comes in, same thing, like five minutes in, they're like, all right, stop, stop, stop. Um, and they're like, well, all right, we know you can sell. You're a smart guy. You learn the whole product. Like you're, you impressed us. Like, who are you? What's, who's Bill Mazur? Like, what is he passionate about? Uh, so at that point I was so like, I did what, you know, you're, you're from the UK. So maybe this analogy won't work as well, but like when a, when a fo American football team is up like 40 to nothing at halftime, and then they just start running the ball and packing it in and thinking that they've got it, you know, okay. in the back. Getting, getting complacent. Yeah. So that's what I did. Like, as soon as I thought, like, I've got this opportunity, I didn't want to share my desperation for the fact that I needed this job. So I just blew it. And, and they didn't really get to see like who I was. I didn't share that how, you know, that I was willing to do whatever it took to, you know, to, to do the job well and, and to, to do what they needed. So then I went home and they just, they called me like three hours later and they're like, yeah, we're going to pass. Like they didn't waste any time. You know, it was yeah. like no nonsense. Um, we're going to pass. And, you know, you seem like really smart. You you're able to present, but we just didn't see that spark or whatever. Yeah. So my, so my wife literally was like, look, I mean, she's like, look, if you want this job, go and get it. So like, go and get it. So I got back in a taxi and tried to go get this job. Um, and the one guy was still there and he's like, look, that's too late. Sale is over. You failed. Um, but that whole experience, like having these three gentlemen that were just judging me from like more of a professional standpoint, like, I think I took their, their positive criticisms to heart. I mean, their positive things that they said about me to heart, like the fact that I was intelligent, that I could speak well and all, and all of that, the stuff that, that I had sort of doubted. Mm. And then they were like, Oh, well, you don't have the pat. Like, who are you? You're not like somebody who's passionate. And I thought to myself, well, I know I'm passionate. Like, that's not the question in my mind. Like I, I have big dreams and I want to accomplish big things. So something just sparked in my mind. Maybe it was like hitting like sort of rock bottom, losing this one opportunity that would have probably solved a lot of financial problems. Yeah. So after that, it's just been like, like it was just a epiphany or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I had like within two weeks, I found the new uh, another job paying more in a more relevant field, which I'm still now in, mm -hmm. in product management. And it was just like sort of the spark that, that lit the match. Awesome, man. Well, that sounds... That sounds positive, man. That sounds really positive. So you're, um, yeah. so you, you've got a family, you said, right? You're a, a husband and a father. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. How many kids? Two. Two. Yeah. Nice, man. And how has that, so obviously you, um, we're living in an interesting time where there seems to be a lot of questions about the idea of masculinity. You yourself run an online conference called the Men of Character Conference. So- yeah. What do you think is going on right now in the Western world with masculinity? I've heard people say things like there's a there's a boy crisis or there's a crisis of masculinity. And then you have other ideas sort of yeah. pathologizing masculinity or saying it's, you know, there's this thing called toxic masculinity and there's this and there's that. And yeah. it seems like, um, you know, in, in the grander scheme of things, boys are failing um, at a higher rate than girls in school. You're seeing far more women getting degrees now than men are whilst there's still this narrative that there's some sort of oppressive patriarchy going on, which doesn't seem like the patriarchy is doing a great job in my personal opinion, if that's, a, <laughs> if that's the yeah. case. Um, but what do you think is going on? What is, what is masculinity to you and why do you think yeah. there's this issue and what do you think can be done about it? Yeah, I think there, you know, like I explained before, I was raised by uh, my mother primarily and didn't have that intimate relationship like, well, how should a husband treat a wife and how does a father approach his, his own life and, or, or even like a, an actualized man, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. 
So it's been sort of a journey for me to try to understand what that is. And part of it has been through seeing examples and part of it has been through my, my own living. I think to me, masculinity there, you know, I, I think I disagree a little bit with the, the Twitter corner of like the manosphere, whatever they call it, um, where I think they ignore the, 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 like there's a book that I read called Steel and Velvet. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's how it describes the ideal man. Like you have their strength and all the attributes that are typically character and masculinity and strength mm-hmm. um, that are prescribed, you know, that, that describe uh, one part of masculinity. And then he calls it velvet, which is the other tender side, like your ability to how you deal with with the woman in your life or your wife or even your children. Like you can't be that children are not, you know, one to warm up to someone who's constantly aggressive. And so to me, that that is the ideal man. Like there's two sides to it. We all have masculine energy and we all have feminine energy. And men tend to have more masculine energy and women tend to have more feminine. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of, of your life should be to sort of fully express whatever those levels are within you. Now, I think in society, there definitely isn't great role models for, for men anymore. I think that's one of the reasons why I started men of character. And I want to really just build it out right beyond the conference. It'll be just the men of character and there'll be different uh, activities and events going on around that. Um, but it's around this whole idea. What, what example can we give, can we give uh, men and boys to have them have a clearer picture of like, what, what should they do with their life? And I don't think that is, that is very clear. Like, it's like, yeah, there, there, there's definitely, you can definitely make the case that a lot of boys are, are lost and mm. we see it all over the place with different school shootings and all different events like that. So what do you think is the, what do you think is the cause or what do you think are the primary causes of that? Well, I think we don't, all the things that there's some truth to the same, like to the, and I, don't, I forget who said it. I forget if it was Elliot House where I heard it, but you know, men sort of have to be made right. They, there's in, in, in traditionally there was like initiations Right, where when a boy was literally like taken from his mother mm. and the men in the tribe would like officially make him a man if he passed certain tests. Mm. And, and, I, and I think I felt that as a young man where it was like, where, where's the line of me um, where I feel like I'm an adult or I'm a man. Um, and I don't feel like that was clear. And I think all the thing, the positive influences, like a, a good mentor, a good set of other, uh, a good father, all of the things that help guide men, right? If you don't have those things, then all that pent up testosterone and, and, and aggression, which is our naturally traits of men, sort of get perverted if they don't have the healthy outlets to it. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have men who are capable of, of being strong, but then are also kind, then you'll get the, 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 the bad part of it, right? Uh, men who are strong, but, but evil or, or, or have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. So I think, here is the the news, which some of these cases, right, are, are true, right, where, where somebody's harassing or or has raped a woman or whatever. And all of these are the masculinity sort of perverted, the uses of the uses of aggression towards towards evil. Mm. So it's like I feel like we need more examples of the uses of masculine traits towards good. Yeah. So at what stage in your life do you feel that you went through that sort of rite of passage? Was there a particular situation or time frame or incident? What was it that went you that what was it that led you from feeling yeah. like, okay, I don't know, I don't know what being a man is all about. I haven't had all these role models myself. So at what stage for yourself did you go through that transition period? I think it was probably about four years ago. And and actually it sounds ridiculous a little bit, but that that interview on some level was like it was like three older men analyzing me right there what i didn't have the protection of my of my mother anymore or or of her thoughts it's like so that was one then about like i would what was it two years ago i was laid off um in sort of like a not great way very political you know how people describe a lot of ways that corporate america will mistreat their employees so i was misled and 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 i would say that killed the other part of the innocence in me thinking like oh well people like me and as long as I'm like, they'll just keep me around. Mm. And it was like this reality of like, no, I need to be aware um, of of my of not only my environment, like the physical environment, but what my situation is, how people view me, and how I can how 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 I can control that more, how how I can 
what 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 things can I do to control the outcomes of my life more? And I think I've become more purposeful and and a lot of things have helped that, like just having more discipline and being consistent and learning better habits. But it took like the full five years to undo 20 years of bad habits of, of learning the wrong things from school and from my own nature. Yeah. And what did you do? What was the process? So I think it first started you know, that humbling aspect of realizing like, no, like you don't know how to sell. You don't have any real skills at any company. Like you haven't, you don't stand out in any way. So what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. So I started re really with the physical. So I started meditating, going to the gym and all, and those things laid like a foundation of just making me feel better. Every like man mentally. needs to go to the gym. Did you guys hear that? Anyone, any, <laughs> anyone who's listening to this right now who doesn't go to the That's gym, who, who wonders why I evangelize about the gym? This is this is where it starts, man. Improve your body, and everything, that's how the rest will follow. Yeah, that's how Zuby does all these uh, different activities. Consistently. <laughs> it the backbone is the gym workout. It, it genuinely is. The thing is, it actually is. Like, no matter how busy stuff gets. I don't skip the gym because if if I skip the gym, it makes everything else worse. Like how how yeah. well my training is going is actually quite a good barometer for how how well the rest of the stuff in my life is going. If I start like falling off on that or my diet, my eating habits, you know, start getting a little sketchy or whatever, I find that yeah, my my I get brain fog, my performance, my thinking, my concentration, yep. all of it all of it goes down. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm, you know, I never let myself get out of shape per se, but I'll be looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I'm not looking, I'm not looking as, you know, strong or lean yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. as I was before or whatever. And so it's like, okay, let me get back on track. And yeah, man, it's, uh, it's amazing. It has real cognitive beyond the normal sort of physical health benefits. I think the cognitive benefits and, you know, instilling discipline because you you're not going to make progress in the gym unless you're disciplined. You can't just go once and, you know, it's done. It's like, you got to stay at it. You got to keep going. You're going to have times when you're trying to gain weight and the weight's not going up or you're trying to lift more and the weight's not going up or you're trying to lose weight and That's the weight's right. not going down and you've got to just persist. So if you can apply that same template to anything else in life, then, you know, I think you will be successful eventually. I agree hundred percent. I, I think the, the fact, so my progress in the gym has been like very slow to come, mm -hmm. but I hundred percent think that that was like the whole point of the lesson. It was like you could only notice over like six months or a year that I was actually making progress. Yeah. Like other out. And the other thing was it was a nice way for me to. It, it's like all internally driven. I don't like I don't even I, even though still right now I have a couple thousand followers on Twitter. I bear I don't post physique pics like I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm, what I'm saying is I do all of that because it's I it's good for me. I want to do it. Sure. And it was like completely internally driven. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, you know, other good behaviors, right? Like saving. You, if you save money, it's not impressive externally, right? No, Unless no. you put screenshots of your savings account. <laughs> no, you know, no one does. The purpose of saving is for your long-term, your internal long-term well-being mm -hmm. and your family or whatever. It's all internally motivated. If you want to look wealthy, you just go and buy a bunch of garbage and cars and huge house. Yeah. And you could look, you could still look wealthy and be incredibly poor you don't even need to go that far you just buy like a, a gucci belt and a versace t-shirt right. and some expensive shoes and maybe like a watch or, right. you know something like that but yeah you could still be you know that person could still not have a car and you know want a car and not have a car or you know still be living in a basement or something but just externally you know they'll be in the in the club popping popping champagne blowing 80 80 right. percent of the money that they've made that week they'll go and spend it <laughs> on a Saturday night trying to look rich to impress people they don't even know and who don't even like them. The whole thing's very bizarre to me, but I, I'm glad I kind of, I saw the stupidity and all that when I was actually very young, which I'm uh -huh. quite, which I'm quite grateful for. So I had a couple of friends who kind of got sucked into the, um, especially in London, the sort of like West end, get a table and buy drinks and spend a thousand dollars on a table. Kind And I, I, I skipped all that. Cause I was like, this is dumb. Like, why, yeah. why would I want to do that? I, who, who am I trying to impress here? And, you know, I think most of them have snapped out of it by now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think if you're trying to live to, like you said, even with the gym, I think there's nothing wrong with starting going to the gym to, um, 
you know, even even to look good to other people, right? If you're uh, if you're out of shape and it's like, okay, I want a girlfriend, I want a boyfriend, whatever. Or I want I want the uh, to look hot to the other sex. Like that that can get you started. I'm like, look, if that's what if that's what motivates you, yeah, go ahead and get in there. But in the long term, anyone who trains for a long term period, they're gonna they're gonna be doing it for themselves because trying to impress other people is only going to motivate you for for so long. Beyond that, it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing this for me. I'm not trying to. I don't. I have zero reason to be any stronger than I already am, but I still want to get stronger just because I know there's still some untapped potential in there. You know what I mean? It's like, to yeah. any, by all means and standards, to anybody else, I'm. People are like, dude, you're done, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not done yet. You know, <laughs> I, I can I can still add another three per, three percent to this lift. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, there's incredible lessons in it. Yeah. There's incredible lessons. So I, I think the the other thing to me was like a certain level of self, like self-respect that I gained for myself. Like just the fact that it, I think for me, one of the things that became apparent when I, you know, when I got out of, of that job and I failed, like I needed proof. I needed some tangible proof in my life. Like, no, you, like you're worth something. Like, and that physical aspect of going to the gym and, and just showing myself that I could be consistent and that I felt better and I looked better and that I was stronger, just generally speaking, it was just a heck of a, of a physical, yeah, of a, of a lesson for me. So that was huge. Awesome, man. So besides the gym, what were the other steps that you took in terms of your own self-improvement or self-mastery? You know, I know a lot of people, and I've thought about this a lot, but I know a lot of people promote like, oh, work on your strengths, work on, you know, focus on your strengths and just double down on that. And I think for my, for someone like myself, like I didn't know what my strengths were. So I just, I've always made it sure, like I'm look covering all the bases. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so even, so once I started going to the gym, then it was like, okay, what in my career can I do? I, I updated my wardrobe. Like I wanted to make sure I spoke up and spoke my thoughts in meetings when I should. Mm -hmm. So I just started to put more of a focus. It became like a, I wanted to make it more of a way of being like, am I actively, am I just, when I would wake up almost getting into a routine of like, this is a new day, like realizing like, cause it is, I think it's very true. Like a lot of the people that say, you know, every day is like a new opportunity. Like it is they, yeah. my whole, my, like my last year has, has pretty much proven that like a year ago, I had no Twitter following. I was just some guy vicariously following some accounts, you know, seeing Ed Lattimore and then the Cortez. And then I just one day I just literally just decided, oh, I'm gonna do a conference because all this information has been useful to me. Okay. I think if I curate it and I and I present it in a way, it could be useful to other people that maybe haven't been other men that haven't been exposed to this. So it was like literally that was like that happened in like three days where I where I started the, the conference. Yeah. So I think that approach of like, yeah, attacking each day and trying to make sure I put my best foot forward in all the different aspects of my life and work and relationships and my health um has been huge so i originally it was supposed to be like a fatherhood type conference but then i thought well what's the root what am i what, what are my different here in in the message i'm trying to get out and i think that the the central part is 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 around character right you can be like jacked but you can be a dishonest person mm -hmm. and like i want I, I think you know i don't know if it's a plato quote or whatever but you could be physically fit and mentally fit. And I think this is the ideal man. So in my conference, it covers health topics, finance, personal finance, style, mindset. So I've got Ed Lattimore, Elliot Hulse, uh, Tanner Guzzi, whole different 40 talks. So even James Clear talking about uh, his book, Atomic Habit. Um, so it was really me putting everything that I had learned over the last five years and trying to get like, if you had an hour with each, with each of these su subject experts, what's the most useful information with each of them? So I was the one that wrote, you know, had all the questions. I did most of them as interviews. So you get like, what do I think is the most useful thing from this speaker? So we had, yeah, 2000 people registered and it aired live for three days. And then about 150 people bought the conference and, you know, get access to it after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like my first part of what I think is more of a bigger mission for me around, um, yeah, helping men become, build their own character. Awesome, man. 
So what's the plan for the future with it? Are you going to be doing another conference this year? Are you going to look to do a live event? Are you looking at other kind of products or programs? What have you got in plan for Men of Character? I like that name, by the way. I think that's a great title, Men of Character. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's been weird, too, because I see it. I'm reading a bunch of books from like the 1800s, and they use the phrase. Not that it's a, you know, not a common phrase. I just find this strange. I, I literally feel like there's, I'm supposed to be doing this. I don't know, I don't know how other, how else to describe it. You're talking um, to a the music- more I- you're talking to a musician. Yeah. I I understand those sort of <laughs> those sort of weird weird phrases like yeah man you know this is my this is my passion I know I was born to do this like that's that's how I that's <laughs> as, yeah. as, as as rational as I am that's really how I feel with my music I'm like no this is this is nice I'm 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 on God's earth for this like I've been given this voice these talents everything I do it's like I need to maximize what what has been put here you know yeah and there I feel like there's a forgotten part like there you know, we live in a capitalistic society and everything is so, you know, there are all these things that you can get enjoyment from and distract yourself and entertainment. And I really think that forget about the sexes. Everybody has become very self-centered and and narcissistic. And I think that a lot of this stuff that I want to talk about is to like, remember what, what's actually the point. Like, in, in my opinion, like, what's the whole point of this thing is to have a family is one of them like to like the 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 ultimate goal of a man in in most cases you know some maybe men don't want to have families but I, I think we've lost the home life is what i'm getting at i think we've sacrificed it's like when you tell people oh you know i homeschool my kids and and then the immediate criticism like, oh but what about socialization <laughs> like we actually have it backwards we we have thrown out the home life because we think that socializing is more important and that's not to say that that it's not, but we we don't actually remember that the person's character, the type of person they are, is built in the home. Yeah. And and I sort of want to get back. So going getting back to your question. So I have I just released the design of a watch that I created for myself. So it's like a men of character. It's almost I wanted it to almost be like a symbol. Like if you're part of the tribe, you believe that that men need to build character, then you'll have this watch. I'm wearing it right now. Um and so I'm so I'm gonna I got a lot more interest than even I thought I was going to probably bundle this with other things. Um, but people have already paid me for it. A lot of friends and family, but, but um, even Chris Johnson and, and, and a couple and Fatah Singh have already paid me for it. They reached out to me like, I need this one. Nice. Nice. Um, so we're going to, I'm actually going to sell that. Um, but then the watch will be bundled with an in-person conference, which I plan to do later this year. That's, that's been one of the things. Um, that I've been wanting to do this. That was like the initial reason why I did the men of character to begin with. I felt like there needed to be an in-person place. You could meet others that felt, you know, other like-minded men that, that felt the same way. And then other, the, the, the conference itself, I haven't transcribed it. So one of the other projects I'll be announcing soon will be like a, a book, which will include some of the portions of the transcript. So it's be like becoming a man of character. And then you'll have tidbits from 40 different men that, that spoke in the conference. And I'll sort of curate that. So I just started, I've got someone working on the cover. I'm do sort of what you did, put the pre-order up and, and, and do that. And then the last piece is I have something called that I'm calling the inner circle, which is more of like a group that a, a small group that will meet with me um, on, a, on a monthly basis and sort of help you move towards your goals, help you take a look at almost the evaluation that I did by myself, right? Looked at my health, did my blood work, started all the things that I did to get where I'm at. So I might not be, you know, uh, Tony Robbins or whoever you could pay millions of dollars for, but you, but I might be slightly ahead of you in one aspect. And, or you might, you might not have a group of men that you feel like are motivated and, and, you know, into are ambitious. So you can join this group and, and, and get with other ambitious men and, and almost build like an online tribe around that. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds dope, man. Yeah. That sounds dope. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so like you were talking about, um, building a building a Twitter following is Twitter the only channel that you're active on at the moment. Yeah, currently. Yeah. I, I, I literally all I have is my Twitter account and I had the con- the first conference website. Okay. I, I think I've kept it 
like I've, I learned from my first time trying business that's like you just focus on what you can start with and all this like you need to be on all these social media like it, if you can do that great right like you it's, like you do that tough, really man. well you're it's all tough. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. yeah it's tough but since I don't do this full-time my my decision was no whatever I'm doing I'm gonna focus on and when ways where I can like share resources I'll do that right so some of the conference was then I made a couple of podcasts. So like I'll reuse content. Gotcha. So I, you could say I have a podcast, the conference and Twitter right now. Awesome. But I guess I'll be expanding that shortly. So <laughs> yeah. Twitter is a, Twitter is a funny place. Um, it's uh, I think, yeah, for sure. I, I personally think it's the best social network. Um, obviously not everyone does cause it's not the biggest one, but um, it, it's a, it's a funny place cause I've connected with so many amazing people on there. This podcast itself, Literally every single guest on here, I've contacted through Twitter. Essentially, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just it's just amazing as a as a communication tool and as a way to put stuff out there, and also as a content platform that can lead to things going going viral. So, what's what's your experience on Twitter been like? I mean, I think you tend to stay away from yeah. the stay away from the drama. And how do you even how do you even manage to do that? With me, I think it's yeah. like uh, I, I don't. Sometimes I purposely kick the hornet's nest. But sometimes I'm I'm not even trying to kick it, and I just kick it. I, I kind of like trip over it anyway. Like it, does, it seems like no matter what I say on there now, <laughs> like, like it doesn't even matter what I say now. <laughs> like I've just been been like sort of highlighted as some some controversial Twitter personality. So yeah. I, could, I could literally say you know the water is wet and roses are red, and somebody somebody will have something Someone to will say. Be like no. Yeah, exactly. I think so. One one of the things I realized now that I have a, a couple thousand people following me, I think we're an amazing time. Like it's almost like you, cause I've noticed like people reach out to me now and they'll, they'll like make assumptions. Like people will think I'm a millionaire that I'm like suit, like just cause of a following. And I've realized that they, these social media networks have almost allowed since, since celebrities do join social media. Right. And then they have huge followings. It's almost like the, the huge following creates like a halo effect or something. Mm. And then, and then it actually, like you just said, gives you access even to reach out to someone else who also has a big fine. It gives you like some credibility. Um, so I think I fully appreciate that, that like this is an opportunity for me. Like what, what is it that I want to put out into the world? Like, and, and even, you know, you're, like my kids will see it, right? One, one day if you have kids, if, if Twitter's still around and all the, you, you don't delete your tweets or anything, they'll see... <laughs> They'll see like, well, what was my dad talking about? What the heck was this guy oh, rushing about? I've never so, even thought of it that way. That's, 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 <laughs> I do think of it that way. I, I feel like funny. I've let them, you know, because I do, I do think you see a sense of a person's character oh, certainly. over time. Like they, even if they think that they're putting out a persona, mm. you can just by a certain way that they put things, you can get some sense of who that person really is over time. You know, I, I spend so much time on Twitter that I feel like I've been a good a good judge of that yeah. so you could yeah you like like you said there's some really great people and then there's other parts of twitter like that i you know sometimes i click into and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah. i want nothing to do with what's going on here so yeah. i i think i you know i've had some people like criticize me and like everybody has right you're, you're talking about it too and and i think the first time it happened i was really tempted to respond right like to get into whatever a twitter a twitter beef but I reached out to people like uh, Carlos Deval and Fatah Singh. And I just, I'm like, you know, cause I, I've noticed that they were criticized and they've never said anything. So I'm like, let me hear what they have to say. And they're like, don't respond, ignore it, ignore <laughs> it. It's like in the short term, it might help you gain some followers, but you're just going to get your time wasted. Yeah. So I've just stuck to that principle for the most part. Like I'll respond to people. If I genuinely feel like somebody doesn't understand what I'm saying, mm -hmm. Or, or, or they, they're wrong in some way and, and they're honestly approaching something, I'll respond and I'll try to explain. And I've had some success doing that. But if I think you're coming at me like a troll or it's ridiculous, I just ignore, I mute or I block and I just uh, don't. You're, you're a better man than me. You're a better man than me, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so that, it's hard. That said, I respond, I respond probably to like out of the, like I get such a, sometimes my mentions just go crazy. And I'll literally like respond to one in 10, one in 20 of them. It'll, it'll look like I'm responding to like a lot of stuff. It's like, I'm actually ignoring 90%. But yeah, no, I believe so, it. Sometimes there's just something I'm like, I have to, I have to say something. To like. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say something to this because sometimes it's just so it's so ridiculous or you well, know. Or if someone's trying to like defame you, right? If someone's trying to yeah. completely mischaracterize who you are or what you're saying, yeah. then that's when I'm like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend myself here. I'm not gonna take you know. If I write something and someone is like, oh, you're this or you're that, and they're trying to accuse me of something which I know I'm not, yeah, then I'll typically like publicly respond to that and be like, no, this is the situation. And yeah, you know, I, I yeah, because it, it's a tricky one though. It's a tricky one. Like sometimes I have times where. I kind of want to just be completely zen. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't be. It's it's not my, maybe it's just my personality type. Like I'm, I'm naturally a little bit, <laughs> I'm naturally a little bit argumentative, not for the uh-huh. sake, of, not for the sake of arguing. You know what I mean? Like I don't go and like start crap for no reason, but I like, yeah. I like having debates. I like having discussions. So if someone, if I'm talking to someone or I say something and it gets completely misinterpreted or it seems like. I'm completely not seeing eye to eye on with somebody or something. It's yeah. like I, I genuinely, I'm kind of genuinely curious because I like to know how people tick. I think that's yep. like a, that's a gift and a curse, right? Because it's good to know. Because obviously, if you're doing, if you're someone like myself who has anything to promote or sell or whatever, you want to know how people tick. You want to know how their brains work. But sometimes it can be so so strange when you 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 say one thing and the, their interpretation of it. Is completely, oh, yeah. is completely different to what you said. And I'm kind of like, wait, hang on here. Let me let me try to get into this person's brain a little bit and see like, yeah. are, are they, are you just trying to be annoying or do you <laughs> genuinely believe what you're saying? You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's an ongoing one. I'll, I'll work it out one day. I'll work it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think I probably haven't been attacked to the level that you have. I don't know how I'll react to those, but yeah. if it's around like ideas, cause I, you know, I think I, I have some pretty clear things that I believe in and I'm, so if you're, if you come at me and you're like, I disagree and here's why. And, and I have an answer for you of why I think you're wrong, or maybe you have a point, mm-hmm. then I'll respond. I agree. I like having, I think it's cool too, that you can have that debate in public. Right. And then other people I've learned tons from seeing some conversation between two accounts that that I respect and they're hashing out something that maybe has been on my mind. Mm-hmm. So Twitter is weird that way. It's like we're it's like this hive mind that we're building with different <laughs> nodes and it's crazy. Yeah, man. So where do you think uh the future of all this goes? Where do you see wow, all the things we've talked about, where do you see them going in the next say 10 to 15 years, especially as a especially as a father, especially as someone yep. who's bringing, you know, children up in the world right now. I mean, what I'm do you optimistic. think the world be like that for them? I think I'm optimistic. If you look at the long trend of hu- humans and civilization, like generally speaking, we're on the uptrend. Now, does that mean that we won't have like another recession or some type of crisis? Probably. I think we're much better equipped if you even went back 100 years that to recover to our standard of living, it'll happen much quicker. Um, so, and I'm also optimistic. I think the internet has given... Like before, you you used to have to either embrace the values of the church or of your family. Not that any of those things are necessarily bad, but that was like your only options. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I think I've grown up like I have a good family background. Like my mother and my family is good, but I've been able to benefit from just the internet and in this in my honest my own honest search for truth mm-hmm. has brought me to a much better place. So I just think if my children now have me as a father and and, and with my wife. It's like they'll just benefit even more. Um, and then the other day I was reading, it's, it's, a, it's a book actually called Character. So it's called Character, but it's by Samuel Smiles. It was written in the 1800s. This guy literally started um, the self-help movement. He wrote a book called Self-Help. But one of the interesting things, it's a must read. I'm like halfway through it. Because he, if you read it, you're like, this guy's predicting basically what's occurring. He talks about what happens when a civilization loses when, when people, the people in it don't have any more, like they're immoral and they don't have character. Mm. And even he says, he's like, the only way to turn around a, like one of those situations is by individual. If there's a group of men left that are willing to build individual character again. And, and so may, it might be sound a little ridiculous, but I do think that our corner of Twitter or whatever is like the early signs of that occurring like people just taking the individual responsibility to write their own relationships their own life and yeah they're be, be the fathers and mothers that they want to be 
So I'm I'm very optimistic. And all the people that I've met in person through Twitter, like we haven't had the chance to meet yet, but we've talked now three times. <laughs> so we've had a good amount. We're getting to know each other. But the other folks that I've met, um, like Carlos Deval and Tanner Guzzi, like they're like really good friends now. And it's awesome. it's been pretty amazing to realize like there are other people out there that are of like mind. And so I don't know what would is gonna come of that in the long term exactly, but I'm just overall optimistic that yeah, that there's that there's enough that I've found enough good things and that we can expose it to other men and other people where they can also improve their lives. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I think it you know, I think all these things are tools, you know, social social media in general. I have such a mixed relationship with it as someone who's been using it heavily for like yeah. 12, 12 years now or something like that. I mean, I've been on Twitter. I've been on Twitter since July. 2000. I've been on Twitter since July, 2009. I've been on Facebook since 2004. So I've been on these things for like a long time. I've been on YouTube since 2006. So you mean the, that deadlift, that deadlift video wasn't overnight success. No, that was 10 years, man. <laughs> you know what? Um, you were, uh, you were there rubbing the sticks, like, and then boom, 10 years later, fire. Yeah, dude, you know, um, uh, Jose Rosado, he made such a good point on that video when I was uh, talking to him about it in person, uh -huh. sorry, not in person, like via Skype. And he said, you know what? That video took you 12 years of training in the gym is what even made that video possible. That's right. Right. And I was like, that's, that's such an interesting take. Cause I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Like all this attention from a nine second video. And he's like, yeah, but 99.9% of guys could not have lifted. Would the weight have never gotten to that. They, yeah. They, right. they, they couldn't have lifted that weight. And by you even being able to lift that thing, that's what made that possible. So I was like, that's actually a really interesting framing. So it's like, I think that's right. Yeah. I was thinking that before you were talking, I forgot, but when you, when you were talking about the gym and all that, I was thinking that exact thing that you, all that effort you put into actually led to that, to that yeah. moment. And I, I, I always think like, especially when you're younger, you want certain outcomes much quicker than they come in reality. Mm. And I think that I've, I've, and I tweeted this the other day. It's like, if you just focus on the effort and I know it's hard to do and I'm guilty of it too, but if you just focus on bettering yourself in the effort, the outcomes eventually come. Now you can't control when they come because all that's outside your control. But like you're a perfect example of that, hundred percent. Thank you, man. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I want the <laughs> by the end of this year, I want uh whatever the Zuby brand is and whatever it is, wherever it is that it leads. There's a whole bunch of interesting opportunities out there, you know, from the music to this podcast to getting this fitness book done and everything like that. I've got um I think I've, I've got a pretty clear vision of where I want it to go now. So I think it's awesome, like, uh, yeah, it's a matter of execution. So I'm excited on that front. I'm excited with everything you're doing with the watch company, with the future conferences. And I think there's a, there's a lot of guys and girls out there who are just building some awesome stuff. I think if you can, you know, it's, it's okay to, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be um, someone who never gets involved in any, in any BS online. Yeah. But um, you know, if you can, avoid just using all these tools for pure consumption and distraction yep. and you can actually you know create something and become an authority or become some kind of like you know online personality online authority whatever whatever yep. it is the potential right now is just is just crazy um it's estimated that by i think it's 2030 so about 10 years that 90 90 to 95% of the world's population is going to be online. By that time, there will wow. be like, I think it's predicted that there will be something like 9 billion people with internet access. Uh -huh. So at the moment, it's, I think at the moment, 4 billion people are online. So a little bit over half. That's crazy. And yeah, it's estimated to go from that sort of like 55% up to 90%. And that's going to be 90% of more people too. So we've already had one internet and social media revolution but that's going to happen again in south america africa asia lots of the countries yeah. that don't, don't yet have that you know infrastructure and high high speed broadband yet the same thing is going to happen so it's i think you know now now's the time if people aren't already doing it now's the time to be creating or establishing something no i think you're right and i and i was like the classic example of like someone I would describe it as someone who was always looking. I wanted to do work as long as I knew it would lead to some comfort. Mm. Like I would, you know, go in like 
do the least amount of work to get to some form of pleasure or comfort. And the, like what we talked about, that whole switch in my mindset of like actually doing, putting the effort, enjoying the, the act of creating mm -hmm. is much more fulfilling than anything that you can consume or watch. Now I'm still guilty of going on Twitter and wasting a ton of time <laughs> and doing other stuff. Yeah. But more and more I try to like, you know, purposely focus my attention on no, you here's this larger mission, here's what you could do. And it's just so it's so enjoyable to just do things that are, you know, you know it, right? Make making your own music. The things that are your own creation mm -hmm. are there's something like I think innate in humans that if you don't do that, like a part of you dies. I don't yeah. I think you have to create. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So Bill, it's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you. But um before we wrap this up, why don't you let people know where they can find you online? Sure. It, yeah, it's been great, Zuby. I appreciate you having me on. So online, uh, like I said, Twitter, it my my uh, handle is at future in mind two Ds, one word. Um so that's like the main place I broadcast and tweet uh pretty much every day. And then the, the Men of Character Conference is www.menofcharacterconference.com. So all one word. And then in a couple of days here, probably by the time you release the Zuby, I'll have a place for people to pre-order those watches that I'll be ordering because apparently people like them just as I did. <laughs> awesome. So, yep. Awesome, man. Make sure you follow Bill online. Keep up the w good work, dude. It's been uh, awesome to talk to you. Third time lucky. I'm sure we got it this time. So, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> we got it. Appreciate awesome, you, man. man. Have a good day, bro. Take care. All right, you too. Later. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, clicking a bang. Y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.